Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, got a little bit of challenger news, diving back into some matches from the previous weekend, and then make... Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. predictions for our final set of matches ahead of cdl major one crazy to think we're already there even with the break and everything so if you guys enjoy this one be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe on youtube on the audio platforms drop a follow drop a five star review you guys crushed it with support on the last one it's pretty clear to see we're back in the swing of things we're back uh, over that 1k view mark lots of interaction on the video um so we appreciate all of your support as always um we love making content, making a podcast for you, and we love that you guys are continuing to interact on both platforms. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and without further ado, let's just jump right into this one. Brock, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, doing pretty good. Fine Monday, you know, here in Wisconsin. Cold as hell, first yeah. of all. There's that, you know. But, you know, good thing called is play it on the inside. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> the NFL's out here. The Bills are canceling games. Uh, I saw, like, I heard at work today that, like, 70% of the country is at freezing temperatures or something, which, I mean, freezing temperatures for us growing up in the Midwest, Wisconsin, our whole life is nothing new. But uh, people out there, I heard, like, Nevada and, like, other places, like, Southern Nevada and random other places in the U.S. that are not used to freezing temperatures have them. And I'm sure those people are like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, we're used to it <laughs> at this point. Yeah, we're, where we see, like, freezing temperature if it hits like 32 we're like oh that you know that's kind of a warm day in the winter yeah it's pretty warm <laughs> yeah we're like ready yep. to go outside with just a hoodie on yep shirtless at that point yeah pretty much you see backer fans do it um yep, all the time <laughs> all right let's hop into news we don't have a ton to talk about i want to pretty much spend most of the podcast on talking about the matches from this weekend as we're kind of we're finally starting to figure out a little bit more about teams you know the early odd matches you just kind of going through watching teams you know there might be some flukes there might be some uh, teams that you think are flukes that end up being the real deal but it's kind of hard to tell a ton from like the first few matches but now you know we've seen teams for five six matches still don't have like a full grip on a lot of them but people are trying to are starting to separate themselves mm-hmm. kind of to where they land so i want to talk mostly about that but we got to talk challengers first the announcement finally came uh, so it's going to be played on the the Face It platform, which we have heard in the past from like CS and stuff. is a, I, I believe a pretty good platform. However, it won't utilize Face It's anti-cheat, which really sucks for the Challengers players because as we know, not a lot of integrity out there No, uh, in the Man. Challengers world. So unfortunate, but hey, at least it's on Face It. At least on Face It, like you said. Who is really going to, you know, be not cheating at this point because I can't really... It's hard to, if they have walls or something, it's hard to, you know, point that out. Yeah, unless you can get, like, VOD and, like, kind of show where they're cheating and stuff, it's pretty much impossible. You're just on the honor code, which we know for a lot of these people, they will snake their way to the league. They don't care, uh, as we saw Jimbo do. Yep. Um, they don't care. They will try to cheat their way to the league, and you really can never technically prove if they're cheating or not because yeah. there is no anti-cheat. There's no, like, PC checks for the most part that we know of. So yeah, they're just kind of at their mercy. 
honor system, like you said, yeah. So that's just tough for the challenger scene in general, for those who aren't cheating. They're legit. Yeah. yeah. Um, other news with the challengers announcement. Uh, the first cup is January 20th and 21st, going to be 11 online cups in total. And then there are open events in both Boston and Toronto. There are three elite seasons, both NA and EU. And then Challengers Champs is going to have 16 teams. Uh, apparently, there's like a rumor that Miami is like maybe trying to potentially set up a Challengers land as well for their major. So could be something to look out for. Miami potentially setting one up. Uh, it sounds <clears> like Carolina will not. Uh, and People were complaining about it, but... Once again, it's tough. It's a lot of money to pour into something you're guaranteed to lose a lot of money on. Yep. Uh, and we know a lot of these teams are crunched for money. So I get both sides. I get the complaining that we absolutely have to have challenger lands at each tournament. I get it. But you know what? Like, I think that every team should almost have to hold one, whatever. But at the same point, like, if they're not being forced to hold one, I can understand why these teams are saying, no, we're not going to do it because to set up all those extra PCs and uh, mm-hmm. have that whole room dedicated, you need to buy a bigger space or rent out a bigger space. And, that all that up, like potentially pay for travel and all this stuff for people. Like I it's, it's a lot of extra money. So I can, I can see why teams are like, no, if we don't have to do it, we're not going to run it. I, I'm not going to completely bash them for it because it's a smart business decision, to be honest. Yeah. It really, it does add up. If they, plus if they don't have the money to, for as you know, some teams don't have as much money as others. And we know a lot of them are really struggling, assuming probably Carolina is one of them. I I do believe though that like the Heretics brand, especially over in Spain, I think they're pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um like followers and you know, popularity wise, but that doesn't necessarily mean as we know that you're making a ton of money in esports. But uh hopefully they're able to set one up because obviously like if it were up to either having a challengers land at the major or not, I would obviously easily just as a fan perspective prefer to have one. Yep. Because it's great for the health of the scene, but you also have to think uh, financially viable or not. Um, we should just be glad the Royal Ravens are finally willing to host an event because they really haven't hosted one since like pre-COVID. Yeah. And they were forced to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, be happy for that, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. But it is super unfortunate. And I 100%, I, I get both sides here. I 100% all understand all the challengers players really upset that they don't get uh, lands at each major. I fully understand the frustration there because you feel like they just don't care about you and you are a massive part of the CDL. Like the challenger scene is with all the challenger scene. Eventually as players retire, if there's not anybody grinding at that level, just below, um, just below the CDL, the CDL dies because you stop having an influx of players trying to get in and the competition, you know, kind of falls off and then you don't have as many good players coming in. So challengers is vital to the CDL always has been vital to competitive call of duty, but um, I also do understand the players issue with it. Yep. And a lot of players, you know, might not, you know, they might quit because of the, the lack of challenge support they have. Yeah, and there was a big debate between, like, J-Cap, and I saw, like, Theory in there, and I saw, uh, or Theory was a different debate, sorry. I saw, like, Adam Apicella in there, and they, they're absolutely right. Like, I mean, like, the NBA G League, obviously, like, compared the scale of the NBA to the, the CDL, it's not even comparable. The NBA is obviously so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I think they said, like, the G League salaries are, like, 40K, which is you can you can live on that wage in the US. It's not like a some massive wage, but depending on where you're living, obviously in some states you can, but in certain states you could get by on like a 40k salary. You're certainly not just like rich and you know able to buy whatever you want. But like he was saying, like 
that's like people that are one step below a massive league where people make millions and millions. Even if you're the worst player, you're making a million dollars a year. Yep. Uh, and those are NBA players that are making that. So uh, if they're barely able to make a living in like the semi-pro, like just just level right below the professional league, you can't expect as a Call of Duty Challengers player to be making a living. And I also do think that that's a fair point. And like, there has to become a point where these Challengers players are able to you know have a job while also competing in challengers and that's you know what if that's you want to make it to the league that might be a sacrifice you have to make you might have to sacrifice other things in your life um and either be going to college or uh working a job while playing challengers and it sucks and it's going to be super time consuming but um i do agree that it's it's hard to expect a, a farm system league to pay your bills and be a full-time job yeah Definitely for challenges, yeah. Like you said, a lot of these players will probably have to get a job part-time at least, you know, just to survive. Yeah, which, I mean, I have a hard time thinking that's not fair. And maybe people disagree with me there, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I have, I think it's fair that those players have to likely get a job to support. And I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to work eight hours and then have to come home and grind another five hours with your team. But... Mm-hmm. It's hard to expect challengers to be a full-time salary unless you're winning like every event. Yeah, definitely, because you can't just place, you know, top thirty-two thinking, you know, you don't need a not not get that much money and you know get a real job. But, it, but yeah. like you said, a lot of sacrifice, you know. But if they want it bad enough, they'll do it. Yeah, and it is unfortunate because obviously, like, if it were up to me, I wish all the challengers players could get paid a bunch of money and. Uh, could grind it out there and make it and everybody could have a happy life. That'd be fantastic. But uh, unfortunately, especially with the state of esports, that is just simply not not a possible thing. And probably will never be possible because, uh, like we said, if NBA players that are technically in like the NBA's quote unquote minor league uh, are making wages that are just fractions compared to the pro players, you're, you can't expect the Challengers players to be making uh, anything close to what the pro players are making. Yeah, 100%. Unless, you know, like it, like you said, they're winning everything. Then, you know... We'll maybe creep up there. Yeah, and we all know uh, in anything you can't rely on winning twenty four seven, winning everything. Yep. Uh, and if I guess if you are for one year, good for you. You worked hard, you earned that money, but uh, not a reliable source of income to be like. I'm just going to play challengers and win every event every year. Yeah, and it's probably a lot of stress on those challengers players too. Just you know, thinking yeah. not getting paid, just playing. What am I really playing for? Yeah, a lot, a lot of time commitment. Yeah. All right. Next thing we got to talk about, I want to address this. Like, we can talk about it as we talk about matches, but I just wanted to, like, quick kind of hear your thoughts because I've seen some, like, I heard a little bit of the debate on the flank. Uh, I heard people, like, or saw people on Twitter kind of talking about it, but it has to do with the league uh, and just, like, the level of play from the teams. Uh, And kind of they were talking about the flank. uh, They were talking about on the flank. Uh, Does it seem like the league is a little bit more top-heavy this year? I mean... Coming into the year, we did think it potentially could be because, like we said, we thought there was a clear-cut top four. Mm-hmm. And then after that, a lot of people had debates. Like, a lot of people said Boston is the fifth team. Um, and then, you know, people had their debates between who would kind of round out, like, the five, six, seven, eight, the, the middle of the pack. A lot of people really liked Royal Ravens, I remember. Yep. In the off season, I was kind of one of them that maybe bought into that hype. Uh, you and I both were thinking LA Thieves. Yeah, potentially be a pretty good team. That's not looking so great. I even thought Minnesota Rocker could maybe be great. That's not looking so good. Um, we definitely didn't think LAG could be that good. And so far, you know, they don't look horrible. Seattle and Miami both kind of look pretty good. But there's a debate, anyways, going on about 
Um, is the league the most top heavy we've ever seen? And I kind of think the answer is yes. We talked about this a little bit before the podcast, and I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it as well. But like the top four teams that we thought were top four coming into the year, uh, FaZe, New York, Toronto, and Optic are clear cut mm-hmm. top four because besides Toronto's one blunder uh, against Boston where they lost, and then Optic, yeah, you knew losing two round 11s uh, in a game five against New York. Uh, those teams are both four and one, Toronto and Optic. Uh, and then Subliners and Phase are both five and oh. And Subliners, if they would have lost that one match versus Optic, they'd be four and one. Optic would be five and oh. So either way, one of them would be five and oh. Phase has cruised with a 15 and three map record. Uh, I mean, the worst map win percentage is Optic at 66. They're winning th- uh, two thirds of their maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, like three one ing everyone on average. Uh, Toronto's winning 70% of their maps. New York's winning 71. Phase is 15 and three, winning 83%. So the gap is like the clear top four. And then Miami and Seattle are kind of a clear five and six, like a buffer. And then LAG and Boston are kind of like the clear cut seven and eight, really. Kind of exactly how the standings say it is. They're kind of like the teams that are like worse than the five and six, but like more competitive. And then our bottom four, Minnesota, Carolina, Vegas, and Thieves are just a mess. I will say like, I test wise, it kind of feels like Vegas is maybe a little more competitive, but you know, they still are, are not good. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Is the league like the most top heavy you can remember? Um, I've yeah. In the CDL era, yes. I feel like it's the most top heavy. Since you know we were coming in the season knowing these teams would be top four. You know, but I did not really think I thought Boston for sure would be top five since they have like, you know, all this all this like or unquote star players on their team, you know. They're in a little bumpy road right now, you know. After four, five through 12, you know. I need up for grabs at this point, really. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like it's such a weird split because, like you said, five through 12 kind of up for grab, but I do feel like the five through eight spots are pretty solidified right now. Like, I feel like Miami and Seattle are pretty clearly five and six in whatever order you want to put them. And mm-hmm. I do kind of feel like LAG and Boston are for sure seven and eight in whatever order you want to put them. I probably prefer Boston over LAG, but you can make the debate because we got to put some respect on LAG. We've been bashing them, everybody's been bashing them, but they actually don't look too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Minnesota looks just rough. Carolina looks horrendous. Uh, Vegas looks pretty rough. LA Thieves look, I mean, they can't even have a player go positive in a series. Yeah, that's not what you're going to want. <laughs> yeah, like it's like a clear bottom four. And then to me, a clear seven and eight, a clear five and six, and then a clear top four. You can kind of order them in their groups, whatever way you want. But it seems to be like the most clear cut we've ever seen from like uh, a league standpoint in terms of, you know, where teams rank. Usually it's kind of like teams are fluid. Like sometimes they're eighth or ninth, sometimes they're fifth. You know, this team could sneak in the top four. But like right now, it's like, no, there is a clear top four. Yeah. Nobody's sneaking in there. And it's like, this feels like, this land could be one where it's like the most straight up, like the better team wins everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like our top four fight each other to see who's the best. Cause we don't really know who the best is among the top four. They all look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I just think that, uh, going forward, it's like, could like the top four teams right now just be like so far ahead. They're in the champs and like by major two or three or three. I, it's possible, especially if those four all make top four at this LAN. The only thing is, like, Seattle and Miami are kind of sticking right behind them for now. Then maybe if Seattle and Miami are able to beat up enough on the bottom six, they could probably stay in it and they might clinch pretty early too. But 
I was kind of thinking like the scariest part about saying the league is so top heavy right now is the fact that usually when are the teams that are like not as good, when do they find themselves winning matches? It's usually early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the game's fresh, new. Yeah. It's usually like kind of like what we saw Miami doing. Maybe we maybe Miami isn't as good as we thought they were, but they started three. No, or like usually like a random team, like somebody that we weren't expecting to be good. Let's say like Carolina, for example, a lot of people thought they were going to do this. You know, we look at Carolina on paper and we think, you know, not the best team, but they have some players that are intriguing a little mm-hmm. bit. And then they end up starting out like for the seven matches, they might go four and three or five and two. And like everybody's like, OK, they're really good. And then they finish top six, top four at the first major. And like, OK, Carolina's like a solid team. And then they kind of bottom out and end up kind of falling back. But they start out really hot because they like know the game a little bit better early on that's not even happening this year. It's like the teams that we expected to be top four are top four. And there's like really no surprise teams besides Miami for the first three weeks when they were three and zero, and then they regressed and lost two matches this week. Yeah. Kind of like, like what, it's weird. what we thought uh, Las Vegas might do when it first started, like, you know, maybe have a good, like first two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. It did not happen. That's for sure. <laughs> it's, it's scary to me that that's a scary sign because like, like we said, Usually these teams that aren't actually as good start out hot and they kind of, you know, taper off as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. But we didn't even see any of those random teams really start hot besides Miami for three matches. Yeah, so it could get scary in these next couple weeks and majors. And we could see a lot more changes than we thought. I mean, Minnesota, Carolina, Vegas, and LA Thieves probably could all justify a change right now. Mm-hmm. obviously our top four aren't changing Miami's not going to change Seattle's not going to change and honestly I don't think Boston or LAG would really be thinking about a change too much right now because they've both shown enough like I mean LAG's one map off of being 500 for their map yeah. win lost their 9 and 10 and Boston's 10 and 3 or 10 and 13 and have shown flashes like those two I feel like for now are like okay let's see what we got because we don't look terrible mm-hmm. but those bottom four like all of them can justify making roster changes right now because it's not looking like it's going to work yeah Definitely, they could definitely, and don't wait, that's for sure. Yeah. Don't wait, because everyone else is going to go to the Challengers pool, too, and grab someone. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about some of the matches here. We're just going to kind of go in and out. I was finally able to, like, catch a lot more matches. It finally settled down for me in my life, and I was able to, like, actually, like, chill a little bit this weekend, watch some playoff football, because all of you know, both of us love some football. Um, yeah. Able to watch some playoff football, COD, good weekend. I could sit down, chill, and do that. First match of the weekend, LAG versus FaZe. FaZe 3-0, no shock there. But, you know, LAG did have a legit chance to win the map one hardpoint. Uh, they kind of got handled in the search and destroy, and then the control on invasion went 3-2, like every control does, but they kind of got handled. So mm-hmm. FaZe overall handled them, but LAG, you know, once again, they were competitive in the hardpoint. LAG are a better team than we thought they would be coming into the year. Oh, 100%. I thought they'd be like last year and not win for like two consecutive majors. Yeah, they're 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 a competitive team. Yep. You know, it's good to see out of the boys, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's nice to see because like a lot of people, us included, kind of wrote them off. But I'm I am always happy to be proven wrong by players uh, that, you know, perform greater than what you think they're going to perform uh, like Estriel. I've seen yep. some flashes from him. I mean, Diamond Con has been the most impressive player on their team this year. He had a, a good series versus FaZe overall, 1.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the really rough one was Fame with a 0.69. Um, yeah. But we don't expect them to beat a team like FaZe. But I do feel like they they hold their own a little more than we thought. 
Yeah, definitely. Who knows if you know, Fame has a better game like a one point Maybe they they win, win win a couple more maps. Yeah, maybe win a map or two. Um, I would say if Fame continues to struggle because overall he has struggled a lot, potentially picking up uh, a sub player. Uh huh. To maybe replace him, Assault and Diamond Con can say the Flex AR, Estriel. Estriel looks pretty good. Maybe if you can find a top sub player, this team could potentially be looking pretty good. Although, who knows what the way their organization is. They they might be just locked in with one roster. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Since, yeah. You know, kind of a mess over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are, I can say with confidence, definitively, LAG is not the worst team mm-hmm. in the CDL right now. They got they might got three old, but you know it's competitive three zero. And we'll we'll talk about their their later match where they took out a, another team that we kind of thought was uh, better than them. We'll talk about that for the Saturday matches. But um, an interesting second match in the day: Toronto manhandled Seattle. They destroyed them. Yes, this was not close. Uh, uh, yeah. It was a hundred point game in the hard point, a six zero in the S and D, and a three two on invasion. Which once again, three two on invasion does not mean the map was close i mean look at the damage and you know the kill and death outputs from that match and if you watch the map you know it wasn't all that close um Mm -hmm. i mean overall for the series the worst kd on uh toronto was scrap which is not what you normally hear but he had a 1.22 and he led the team in damage yeah that's just you know i can see why they got curb stomped (laughs) yeah which is like surprising because i like i i didn't think that that would happen i mean did both of us? I think you might have picked Seattle in this one. Uh, I might. Yeah, you picked Seattle three two, and I picked Toronto three two. Mm-hmm. So we both thought like it was going to be a close series at least. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you thought Seattle would win close. I thought Toronto would win close. I, I was disappointed to see this out of Seattle. Like I, I do think coming in, I, I think even though you picked Seattle, I think we both agree Toronto is the better team coming into the series. Mm-hmm. But I expected Seattle to keep it close and competitive, not get destroyed. Yeah. It's not what I really want to see out of Seattle, you know, against one of these top teams if they're trying to compete for the top four. Yeah. Um, all right, third match on Friday, just to cruise over this one quick, it was Minnesota who have looked horrible versus Subliners who are undefeated. And Subliners, they dropped the map one hard point, but then from there on out, uh, they had their way with them. Uh 6-3 in the search, a 3-0 on control, which, like I, I mentioned, is very rare this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Linz was the only one shooting back that map, and then a 250-203 on an invasion hardpoint where Sib had his way with them. 27-10, and 4,800 damage. He, he was just, just having his way with them. 2.7 um, KD. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the noticeable thing, watching this series, is I had one takeaway from it, and it is told by the KDs and damage in the lobby, and you want to say what the takeaway is and why it's just unacceptable for the side of Rocker and their formula? You know, they're not not shooting back. <laughs> and one player in specific that needs to be shooting back for this team if this, to be good. If this team wants to be up there, and we need awakening to you know, wake up and shoot back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is big wake on a team for? Good for slaying, that's yeah, for sure. That's, that's what big wake is on your team for. Whatever team he's ever been on, he has been on that team to be a respawn slayer. Mm -hmm. And lowest damage in the lobby, lowest kills, lowest KD, not going to get it done. I'm going to, I would be willing to bet on any team we've ever seen Awakening on if he is dropping the lowest damage, lowest kills, uh, highest deaths, lowest KD. uh, 
Something's we're up. probably gonna say that that team's gonna lose every match that way. Yeah. Now if we're like, what were you gonna say? Because Awakening's like a career one point one KD player. <laughs> well, that's what he's on a team for. He's on a team to slay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if this was a guy like Accuracy dropping lowest damage, lowest KD, you know, eating hill time, uh, clutching up in search and destroy, like doing the dirty work, you'd be like, okay, you know, like. In the past, like on Seattle, that was the formula. Like accuracy had the worst stats, but you know, just did the little things while his teammates shined, and they would mm-hmm. win matches. You wouldn't be surprised. But Awakening is not that player. That's not what you need out of Big Wake to win. Yep, definitely. It just—it's not the formula for them. Yeah, so you know he's struggling right now, but you know I have faith in Big Wake to you know pick it up. Yeah, because we'll get to their match on Sunday. But even then, like he—he he had a fine match, but he was still lowest uh, damage output or closest to lowest damage output on their team and you know was the only one below one but he did have a better series granted it was against uh the royal ravens yeah but but you know like you said lind he showed up he showed out yeah he's he's a very talented player you can see the mechanical skill in him and uh i hope that being on a, a bad bad team if they continue to be bad doesn't hurt his stock but i don't think it will because you can you can see the the skill that he has in him mm-hmm. yeah all well, right they can they can drop all their players and build a team around them too yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, Saturday matches, Heretics get handed their first loss by Seattle, which is so weird. Obviously, Seattle dominated on Friday, come out and beat an undefeated team on Saturday. Uh, they beat Heretics. They almost got reverse swept. It was uh, the sub-base hard point, and then after the invasion search, uh, and then Seattle had defense on round five control on invasion, which, as we know, defense. I think I, they showed a stat that, like, uh, so far this year, as of the time of that round five, the offense win percentage on Invasion is lower than the offense win percentage on Bagra. Jeez. So Invasion That's... offense, all that stat tells you is Invasion offense very hard to win. Yeah, when you put when you put Bagra in there, it's very hard to win. Yeah, I think it was like a 17% win percentage compared to like 18 or 19. So it was like very close, but still, if it's even anywhere close to as hard to win as uh, a Fortress control offensive round you know it's difficult and miami did that in round five they won an offense mm-hmm. yeah. uh and then all of a sudden they destroyed them on the skid row hard point it wasn't even a close map and then it was a map five and seattle was able to clutch out and and pull it out so very big to see uh Ilya and abuza step up in the map five and have the poise that you blew an offense or, or a defense round five in control and then got dominated in hard point that's a lot of momentum so it is nice to see out of the seattle team to have some poise yep uh, but that's what I would expect out of this team. You know, they have a young player in a uh, in a Booza, but you have a multi-time world champ in Arcides, uh, Hukanili, world champs in their own right, have won multiple events. I expect these players to have some composure, so it is it is good to see that that composure showed up for them. Great composure out of the boys. You know, if you know like they are world champs, and you know, good good to see how they can you know cal- calm the storm. Yeah. Um, our second match. LAG take out Boston. Like we said, once again, LAG impressive fame, good bounce back series. And like I said, we were going to get to fame a little bit later and talk about this match, but that's what we need to see out of fame. A 1.32 most damage in the lobby. Mm-hmm. You and I have been saying it. Well, everybody's been bashing fame. I know we kind of bashed him a little bit earlier, but you and I have been saying this since we saw him in Minnesota. And since I watched him a little bit in college cod, the dude has a lot of talent. Yep. He just needs to find his role and find his spot with a team that, you know, fits him and, this match, he showed that talent, and I hope he continues it up because, like we said, from College Cod and then watching him at that Minnesota Major 2 Challengers event, 
he was dominating people there. Yeah, he definitely was. And he was uh, clutching like 1v2s and search, like, you know, yeah. every other time it almost felt like. So, you know, he's definitely got the fit. talent, just, you know, putting it all together in the right, you know, role, like, Which, as, you, as you say. As weird as it sounds, if fame can hit his stride that you and I know he can hit, and if Estriel can continue to impress us the way he has, and Diamond Con continues to be the best player on their team, we know Assault could be a steady main AR. This team has uh, potential to be a team that we're talking about at the end of the year as maybe sneaking in as that 7th or 8th seed at champs. They have legit potential to do so, and I, I didn't think I'd be saying that, but here we are, LAG, a legitimate contender to make champs, as we can say early on, as long as, you know, Fame and Estriel can become a formidable subduo. I, I have faith mm-hmm. in Assault and Diamondcon to at least be steady enough AR presences that this this team could compete for a spot of champs. Yeah, 100%. You know what I would have loved on this team? Hmm. Instead of Assault, Gunless. Yep. Man, this, uh, like, this really makes so much sense for him. Yeah, and gives them a little bit more of a slaying punch. Like Gunless has more pop-off potential than Assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like Assault gets a bad rap for just CDL fans. I know you know this, but I feel like he gets a bad rap from CDL fans because he's been on just bad teams in the CDL era. Yeah. But he is a good player. I mean, that's a world champ MVP. Granted, it's his only win, it's funny enough, is that champs. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Assault is a pretty good player and does have some slaying upside, but Gunless has, like, superstar slaying upside. Yeah, Gunless has, like, you know, more pack to the punch. So maybe if this team starts to struggle, not a bad shout to, you know get a submachine gun punch and an AR punch, but I, I like where they're at now. I'd like to see them stick it out for a little while and uh, continue continue building because there is something here that has a little bit of potential. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're probably believing in each other, so which is love to see that. Yeah, and like we said, they might not have the ability to make changes with their organization, so they might have to stick it out. Yeah, to figure it out. Uh, we kind of touched on both these teams earlier, so we can kind of skip over it. But LA Thieves, their only map win of this series against Toronto Ultra was around 11 in map two. And other than that, they got pretty much just pounded in the three yeah. respawns. Uh, LA Thieves, it was the first time one of their players went positive in a series, and that was Afro with a 1.01. Jeez. Uh, yeah, first time all year one of their players went positive, and it was barely, you know, this this team barely. is just not good right now. They're, they're a bad team right now. Yep. Bad right now, but you know, Coaching staff, players will get it together, I hope. I, I hope because from the players in the roster, I do believe all four of these players are good. I think Cammy, Gosi, Afro, and Joe DeCees are good players. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't look like it right now, but I still strongly believe that all four of those players could be on a good CDL team. Yep, I, I mean, fully agree. We saw Ghosty on a good CDL team last year. Optic was very good with him. Cammy, we've seen before on that Toronto Ultra team. They were very good for a while. Uh, Afro at a time for like an event or two early Vanguard, that London team was pretty good. They finished like top three at major one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joe deceives have not seen him on a good team yet, but I do believe Joe deceives has a lot of talent and could be a, a player on a good team. Yep. Good pop off potential for Joe deceives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. so that's pretty much all we got in that one. And then optic. I did like to touch on this one quick. Once again, Vegas, of these bottom teams, I feel like there is something there. Like there's there's something there. It's like I just want to shake them and make them be consistent. But I did like to see out of Optic, even though it's against one of our bottom teams in Vegas, I like to see the composure in Optic to be able to reverse sweep because it always seems like Optic is unlucky and gets reverse swept or has like the weird thing happen to them where they blow a match. But it was good to see Optic have some composure 
mm-hmm. uh, and be able to pull off a reverse sweep after, you know, kind of getting dominated the first two maps. Vegas handled them. If you're watching that series, Vegas handled them. Yeah, from, the first two maps. From looking at just the the outcomes of the scores, pretty good hand, handling first two yeah. maps. Like Vegas looked like the clear better team. It wasn't like a whole oh, close map at the end. Vegas pulled it out. No, they were the clear better team through two yeah. maps. And then you know, Kenny take over map three um, into mm-hmm. kind of the Shotzi and Pred show in map four, uh, and then just a good good outing overall from the squad in map five. So good composure from Optic there. Yep. It just seems then, like Vegas is so close yet so far in these matches. <laughs> yeah, and then they end up getting 3-0'd by phase. There's a lot of technical difficulty. Some of these maps like weren't played on stream. It was weird, uh, but kind of got dominated by phase, but we'd expect that. Uh, Minnesota got their first win over Carolina. TJ had to sub in because there's some visa issues going on for Real. And uh, to be honest, TJ actually didn't look that bad. He didn't. He couldn't overclock his controller, all the hats going on. Mm-hmm. Uh Gwyn also is he's the real deal. He's a very talented player. Uh got RX, it's uh it might be time. Yeah, he's you know, it's one thing if you if you play slow and get kills, if you play slow and not getting kills, might be time to get up and out of there. Which is sad because I like God RX a lot and I do think he's a good player. It just may not have been the correct fit, and unfortunately for him, this might be his last rodeo. Yeah, potentially. His, which sucks. Because from yeah, everything can- I hear Seems like a good dude, and I know he is very talented. Mm-hmm, yeah, and he's also one of the older challengers players from last year yeah. that we had. Yeah, so uh, you know, hopefully he can turn it around and you know save his spot. Hopefully, you know. Although I, if TJ Haley has to fill in long term, obviously we hope Real gets everything sorted out with his visa. Mm-hmm. Um, but if TJ Haley has to fill in for this team long term, I like him, and then I like Gwyn a lot. I obviously like Clayster. If they can get a a faster, more slay heavy. AR, because, you know, as we know, Clay tends to play like a maniac at times and can play very fast. Yep. Um, if they can get a, a fast AR to kind of match his pace, Gwyn and TJ can, you know, pedal to the floor. I feel like this team can get faster and could get a lot better. They just, like, this is the team for Gunless with the chemistry with TJ. Yep, mm, I was thinking this that. This <laughs> is the team for Gunless. Yep, definitely gun, Gunless will help. Get him in there. We just, we solved it. If I don't see Gunless in this team, I riot. Yep, book it. I'm on the train. Do it before the major. This team isn't going to work. Do it before the major. Yeah, sorry, Gardex. Yeah, your time's up. And I'm always going to be happy to see TJ. I'm a big TJ fan. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And and he is, as he deserves all the flack that he gets because he ha- can be lazy and has you know stinker series at times. But TJ is a good player. Mm-hmm. You can win with TJ on your team. He just obviously has some maps where it's like, my God, what is he doing? But you can win with him, and he's an elite search and destroy player, and always will be. Yeah. You know, he, he might not try the hardest, like you said, in practice or whatnot, but when it comes to yeah. game time, you know, he's there, especially in search. Yeah. Which is, it, you know, love to see that if, like, game goes game five, he's going off, usually. Yeah. Uh, okay, our third series on Sunday, I don't even want to talk about it. New York handled business against Thieves. Thieves dominated again. They are not competitive. Nope. Uh, and then... The last match, Boston versus Miami. Boston able to take out Miami to give them their second loss on the weekend, second loss in a row. Good to see some composure out of the Boston boys. Snoopy had his way with them. Snoopy was dominant in this series and showed that superstar potential that we've been hearing about. Yep. You'll just see for the, for the Boston fans, Snoopy's here. Yeah, I mean, we know that we know what the formula is. It's Snoopy and Capsule need to pop off, and Slasher and Priest just need to 
direct the troops, lead the way, do the dirty work, and they need to let these two fly. And if Snoopy is doing this, this is what makes Boston our potential like fifth team and upset X Factor team. Yep. Jeez. And it's looking at the damage output. Snoopy had like three thousand more compared to the other team. Oh, he was having his way. He was just and, moving freely. And capital too, two thousand more than everyone else on yeah. Miami. Jeez, yeah. Definitely the form- formula, like you said. It's got to be for them. The superstar SMGs have got to be superstars. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Let's jump into predictions. Uh, our predictions from last week. Both of us set our high score. Um, I had went nine and nine, uh, nine points each week. You had went eight points and then 10. So we were tied at 18. This week, you finished with 11 points to make it your best week. And I finished with 18 to make it my best week. So total here, I'm sitting at 36 and you're sitting at 29. So you kind of need a big weekend here. To pass me up, you need to beat me by um, eight points to pass me up here. As you guys all know, the way we do it, we pick uh, the teams, put the map code on it. We either put one or two points. We bet one or two points on it. If we get it right, we get that many points. If we get it wrong, we lose that many points. Uh, You can put four points on one match to kind of wager extra. And then if we get the correct map count with the winner, you get one extra point. So a way to get some bonus points. That's what really helped me this week. I mean... I got only two matches wrong. You got only four matches wrong, but I had one, two, three, four, five. Uh, correct. Of the 11 matches, I had exactly correct, including map count, which that's five bonus points. That's yep. a big difference. That'll definitely do it. Looking for a yeah. revenge week here. Yeah, you need, a, you need a big output. You get the advantage, so we both cannot pick the same series uh, and same team with four points. I guess technically, like, if we wanted to pick opposite teams on four points in the same series, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that, yeah. But we cannot pick the same team and put four points on it. Uh, so you have the veto advantage for that. You get to first pick on whatever series that is since you are losing. Let's mm-hmm. kick it off. Friday matches, Minnesota, LAG. Uh, coming into this, you know, into this year, we would think Minnesota was the favorite, but LAG is the clear-cut better team so far this year between these two. You think yep. uh, your LAG boys are going to pull it out? Oh man, is it is this gonna be like last year when I bet an LAG they lose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they've given you like an actual Hope. real reason to potentially believe in them, especially against Rocker. Yeah, I'm I'm riding with LAG boys, but in a, a close series, a close game five. You know, round round nine they pull it out, three to two. Give me two points on LAG. Okay. I don't... I don't mind it. I actually, I'm going to go with LAG and I'm only going to put one on it because this is like, once again, I could see Minnesota pulling off an upset, but I think they're going to win in a 3-1 fashion. I feel like they're going to win every respawn. I don't know why. And once again, like my brain is still like fighting me here because I still, when I look at these two teams, my brain tells me that like when I look at the players on paper that I should be betting on Minnesota. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I still really like this. Like I said, this seems like the diet version of Seattle Surge of, all, of the past few years. Like My brain tells me that Minnesota is the better team when I look at the players, but clearly they have not been so far this year. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to go LAG, uh, and I'm going to pick them 3-1 and put one point on it. Okay. All right. Second match, Optic versus Miami. Good match here. Uh, a nice uh bounce back potential for miami obviously they were three and oh and then dropped two matches this uh this past weekend would like to see them 
bounce back and beat Optic would be a big statement for them, or they're going to kind of fall into the middle of the pack if they end up uh, losing their third straight. You think uh, they're able to pull off the upset, or does Optic kind of keep that clear-cut top four in place? Uh, I think Optic keeps the clear top four in place. So I'm going to do, I think Miami comes out, you know, bounce back first match, win the, win the hard point. And then, you know, Optic just rolls the next three matches, start with the search. Okay. So the other 3-1 with uh, two points. I, that's funny because I thought the exact same thing. I think Miami's going to come out. They're a really momentum-heavy team. I think they're going to be super hyped up. They're going to win the first map, and it's going to be like, oh boy, are they going to be able to take them out? And I think Optic's going to win three straight after that. I think it's going to yep. be a 3-1, and I'm putting two points on it. I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> yep. It's Optic, it's Optic and Surge, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go 3-1 as well. I thought about changing it to 3-0, but I'm going to stick with 3-1. Um, all right, NYSL versus Toronto. An excellent, excellent match here. Uh, a matchup match. of two of our top four teams. Uh, rematch of the Champs final last year with not a lot of changes. New York just has Sib in for Priesta, and then obviously Toronto just Envoy in for... Uh, for Hixie, so both teams feel like they made a little bit of a pack punch in terms of just raw skill, and obviously Toronto was upgrading to beat New York this year, and New York upgrading to try to stay on top. So interested to see this. Probably going to be a little extra fire uh, for Toronto to prove that that champs final was a fluke, and a little extra fire for New York to kind of stick to them and be like, "No, nah, we're we're the real deal." So uh-huh. I'm very intrigued for this one. I think Toronto gets their revenge. As as good as New York has looked, New York has looked incredible. I'm going 3-2 Toronto and putting one point on it. I do think New York is probably the favorite in this one because I'd say they've looked a little better. Obviously, they're undefeated. But I'm going to give Toronto the edge 3-2 and put one point on it. I think there's a little bit extra juice from their camp to win this one. Yep. You know what? You kind of just said the score I was going to have for me. (laughs) Yeah? Uh, I was thinking kind of the exact same thing. And I do think uh, Scrappy will, you know, get his so-called revenge game and drop like (laughs) 1.4. Okay. Yeah, I mean, nobody on their team did anything in that champs final. They didn't shoot back. Yeah. So I think, you know, Toronto's winning this one. You know, doesn't count as much, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You got um 3-2 again, you said? Oh, yeah, 3-2. And I'll put one point on it as well. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to put any high amount of points or pick a pick a blowout in that series because it's both teams, you can easily see a path for them to win. Hopefully 3-2, round 11, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it'd be a fun series. I'm, I'm looking forward to that series. Hope it's a competitive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Moving on to Saturday. Toronto gets that uh, last match Friday, early match Saturday cheese where they get to play the Las Vegas Legion. Uh, Vegas has looked competitive against some teams. Obviously, they got 3-0 by phase, but they were up 2-0 on Optic. You think they're able to jump out to an early lead and finally close it out versus Toronto, or you think Toronto's going to handle business again and, and beat them? Mm-hmm. I think Toronto's going to win 3-1 and with uh, two points. But I, I think uh, Las Vegas will win the search. Uh, okay. You kind of put me in a tough spot here because since you didn't put four on this, I might have to because I'm assuming you're going to put four on the other match that I want to. It's staring you in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I might have to go four on this one because I do believe Toronto's going to win. I'm also picking Toronto 3-1. Uh, I think Vegas is able to take the map to kind of agreeing with you. I'm going to put four points on them, though, and I might change that if you don't pick the four-point match I assume you're going to pick. 
Yeah. Because um, there's an obvious one, I think, on Saturday. So I'm going to put four points on this one simply because I think you're going to take the one I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So putting four points on this one, Toronto 3 1. I like it. Uh, all right. Miami versus LAG. A much more interesting match than I would have expected a couple weeks ago. This one actually really intrigues me because I think Miami is going to lose uh, against Optic, putting them at three and three. And I think LAG is going to beat Minnesota putting mm-hmm. them at three and three. So this match could be massive for seeding. It yeah. could potentially be like a match that's determining who gets a fourth seed and who gets, a, or not a fourth seed, who gets like a fifth seed uh, or a sixth seed or, you know, who gets to avoid playing phase uh, towards yeah. the, the bottom. Cause one team's going to go three and four and probably be at the bottom of the winner's bracket. And one team's going to go four and three potentially and uh, be more like the five, six range and potentially avoid phase which is obviously the goal at all times. Um, I think it could be a battle of three and three teams, and I like Miami to win it, but I'm very scared to pick them. I am going to pick Miami in a 3-2 and only put one point on it, but I'm very scared of this LAG team. Like Just watching them this weekend, I'm, I, they, they have upset potential. Yep, agree. But I am rooting against LAG this time around. To go with my boys from you know Spain, I'm picking Miami three one and kind of like uh, LAG wins the first map, but you know Miami compels you, gets it together, it wins three straight. So you know, not get the fourth loss in a row. I'm predicting, and I'll put one point on it as well. Okay, I like it. Um, shoot, we've we've picked the same team in all five matches so far. This is this is going well for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in terms of keeping my, keeping my lead. Uh, but it's hard. Like, a lot of these matches, I mean, I guess, like, I mean, you really could have gone a different way in, like, the NYSL Toronto, for sure. Optic Miami, it's pretty realistic. That Minnesota mm-hmm. LAG. There are a lot of somewhat toss-up matches that we happen to just go the same way. Even Miami LAG is kind of a toss-up match. Yeah. We just kind of happen to pick the same way. Um, I think we're probably going to end up sticking the same way with this next match, too. Seattle versus Minnesota. I think Seattle's going to come out, and I think they're going to 3-0. My first 3-0 of the weekend, I think they're going to come out 3-0. I'm putting two points on it. I just have a feeling they maybe turned a corner in that mm-hmm. last match they played, um, where obviously they got destroyed uh, by by Toronto, and then they came out in their next match uh, against Miami and were able to take it 3-2. I think they maybe turned a corner with their composure, you know, holding off the reverse sweep uh, against Miami, and I think Seattle's going to come out, and I think they're going to steamroll Minnesota 3-0. Two points on it. I like it. Man. I think Seattle... Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Seattle. I'll pick a 3-1, and I'll give my boy Accuracy one map. Doesn't matter which one, and I'll put one point on it. Actually, I'll put two points on it. What am I saying? Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I'm assuming this is going to be your four-point match. Uh, I was thinking about actually picking this uh, as a Atlanta 3-2. Like, you know, they get Optic on Sunday. This is last match Saturday. It's getting late. They're just thinking about Optic. They're thinking, ah, we'll just steamroll Carolina. Mm-hmm. Worry about Optic. Because as we know, like in recent history, Optic has kind of had a phases number for the most part over the past few years. Yep. Um, phases had everybody else's number pretty much except Optic's. Uh, so I think maybe, you know, phase overlook, it's a classic thing in sports. Like you overlook 
Uh, maybe you're playing a bad team one week in football and you overlook them because you're playing your biggest rival who's really good the next week. Uh, and you're kind of looking ahead, not thinking about the team you're playing as much as you should be. And then that team is still a professional team. So they surprise you. I was thinking about doing that thing with Carolina and saying that they're going to, you know, have a three, two here, keep it close. But I'm going to say, nope, let's go logical. Let's say phase steamrolls them three Oh gets their, their sleep faster to go play optic the next day. Yep. I'm going to put two points on it because I'm assuming you're taking four on this one. Yeah, I am taking four, and I'm taking a 3-0 as well. This is a steamroll team diff. Yeah, it's... No matter it, how you slice it. <laughs> it's a team diff here. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's pretty much a team diff every time Atlanta plays. They're pretty much the most talented team, uh, but mm-hmm. especially here when it's one of our bottom teams versus, versus Atlanta. Yeah, Hard to not so, pick a Atlanta in a dominant fashion. Yep, so Carolina will have a good 25-minute match and get up and out of there. Yeah. Um, then Carolina gets the last match Saturday into early match Sunday cheese. And, uh, oh boy, Carolina versus LAT two teams that we, uh, actually a decent amount of people had faith in, but they both look horrendous so far. Uh, shoot. I'm going to just say, screw it. I'm going to say Carolina wins it three, two, and I'm putting one on it. Cause I have no idea where to go here. I don't have much faith in either of these teams, mm-hmm. but I like TJ. I think Gwyn has looked really good and, LAT is basically giving me no positives, so I guess I'll take Carolina 3-2 and put one point on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. This is a this feels like one you might as well go opposite of me, just because whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to go opposite 3-2. Uh, the other, other way. I'm hoping my co-worker Hammy finally shows up for once in the last four years. Uh, you might as well put two on this. Yeah, I'll put two as well. I need to to gain some points. Yeah, I was going to say, it's such a toss-up match. I'm putting one to be conservative because I had the lead. You might as well throw two and pray. Because that could be a, I lose one point and you gain three if you get it right or something. That could be a big swing. Mm -hmm. Let me call up J-Cap real quick, see how his team's feeling. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This next match could be very big. New York versus Boston. Um, Looking at the stats here, Boston is a 10 and 13 map count. So, and they're two and four. I think they're guaranteed winner's bracket as long as they win this. Cause like Minnesota has two more matches. Uh, they'd have to win both. And then their, their map wins would be 14. Boston would have like 13, but Minnesota is probably going to lose at least one map. So I think Boston would, unless something crazy happens, Boston would pretty much be guaranteed a spot in winners. Yeah. If they win this, um, so big match for them, and then obviously New York. We they could be Toronto, but either they're going to be five and one or six and zero. Oh, they have winners locked up. Uh, Boston playing for a lot more here. I do think New York's going to play spoiler. Spoiler though, uh, I think they're going to beat them three one. Putting two points on it, I, I think New York is just is just too good right now. They look so good. Uh, I do have faith that Boston could win this, but I'm going New York here. Okay, okay, I like it. I'm going to go with Boston. 3-2. They definitely game have more to play for. 3-2, game 5, you know, Slasher drops like 11, you know, so maybe secure the, the winner's bracket for this time around. And yeah. I'll put I'll put two points on it, too. Okay, you're, you're going for your swing matches on Sunday. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear where you go for the final match. It's obviously the match everybody waits for. It's like the, the premier match of the CDL. Um, phase Optic. What everybody's waiting for. Final match on Sunday. Final match of the online qualifiers for Major 1. 
Optic tends to have phases number over the past few seasons for the most part. I think they continue to have it. I think we get a, a nice game five because that's what I'm hoping for, so I'm going to say it. And I think Optic takes them out in a 3-2 fashion, and I'm putting one point on it. Uh, I think Optic continues to be phases boogeyman, but I do think phases is going to be 6-0 coming into this match because I doubt they lose to Carolina. Uh, I do think Optic will be 5-1 uh, and because I think they're going to beat Miami. So based on map count, this could be... No, probably not. It probably won't be for the one seed because New York could easily be undefeated. Uh, yeah. And Optic has four more map losses and one less map win. Mm-hmm. So map losses wise, they probably won't come close enough. So it probably won't be for the one seed, but it'll be a big, big match for seeding either way. Uh, but I, I like Optic 3-2 and I'm putting one point on it. All right, I like it. I'm going to also uh, Draza versus Kenny. Yep, first time they play uh, in quite some time. Yep. I'm going to go Atlanta 3-1, and I'll put two points on it. Optic was going to win the search. Uh, you're going to put two on, you said? Uh, yes. Okay, that, that also seems like an obvious candidate for you. Go to opposite, because there's really no bad pick for either of those teams. It's like, okay, yeah. you pick Optic because they have phase number, you pick phase because, hello, they're phase. Both really good, you know. You can go either way. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't seen them play at all, so it's not like we can say one of them has has the good matchup this week. Yep. All right. Um, that's that's all I got. We we went a little longer than I thought because there were some interesting topics in the news, but I'm ready to wrap it up. If you are, I'm excited to watch these matches. There are some there's some really good ones. I'm I'm really looking at that uh that optic versus phase match. Obviously, um. I'm looking at both NYSL matches to be very good. NYSL Toronto and NYSL Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually really intrigued by LAG Miami. Yep. I think that one could be really interesting. Um, other than that, you know, not too much. I kind of do want to watch that that Minnesota LAG match specifically because I want to see if Minnesota could turn things around. But also, LAG is just an interesting team to me right now. So I'm excited to watch yeah. that match. Kind of the unknown what they'll do which is weird i didn't think in major when i'd be talking about wanting to watch lag i thought they'd be like one of the teams that i want to turn off from watching yeah i'll make sure to have my jersey on the route for lag yeah <laughs> uh didn't think we'd be seeing them in winner's bracket but here we are and it's a real possibility heading into the final week of qualifiers mm-hmm. which you'd love to see but you know other than that for me you know excited for rank play to come out this wednesday yeah I'm very excited. I'm going to grind it Wednesday and Thursday night, hopefully. And then, of course, they're dropping it, and I'm going to be gone the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. So Hoping I can't for grind no weekend. delay, that's for sure. Yeah, we, we should be saying it. We're jinxing it by saying it's dropping Wednesday because it seems like it gets delayed every year by a few days. Yeah. It'll be Wednesday morning and be like, oh, sorry. We're, you know, we're delaying right play for another two weeks. Yeah, unexpected delay with something that they could have easily tested out in, in the few weeks leading up to it. Yep. Well, I won't be surprised at that, but, you know, hopeful. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, positive mindset, and say it's not going to happen. Yep. Same here. All right. That's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. Comment down below your thoughts on the matches this weekend. What do you think the standings are going to shape out to? Um, I'm super excited to have a major finally uh, next weekend. Very excited to jump in and watch that. Um, Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one.